Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. So excited. Oh my goodness. What an opportunity. Uh, God is so, 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 so good. Um, thank you, praise team. Amazing. I want to give honor to God first, and I want to honor the staff here, uh, our pastors and leaders. I'm so inspired by them. Uh, they challenged me to be better, uh, to do better. Um, I'm thankful for their hard work and discipline in the Word, the study of the Word, because it makes me want to dive in more to be better equipped so that I can help equip others. And I want to honor my family. Uh, my mom is here. I honor her. This woman prayed for me, okay? <laughs> I honor my husband. He is amazing. He supports me in everything that I do. We work, we're joined in this partnership together, and I love being on mission together. We're better together, right? And then I just thank all of you guys for coming out and supporting tonight. Uh, a lot of my friends here, I haven't seen some of you guys in a long time. Very thankful for the opportunity. Um, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we're so grateful. We love you so much, Holy Spirit. You are amazing. And we thank you for this word tonight. We thank you for what you want to impart into us, Lord. Hide your word in our hearts so that we will not sin against you. Don't let Satan come and snatch this word. But Lord, help us to be doers of the word, to put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. I probably better put on some eyes so I can see you <laughs> here. Uh, I had surgery on my eyes, you guys, and uh, I was determined I wasn't wearing glasses anymore. And then I had this big magnifying glass, and everybody in my life group laughed at me, and I said, maybe I better get some readers <laughs> uh, so that you actually see what we're doing here. So I'm excited. Um, I want to talk to you tonight. As you can see uh, the first slide. Okay, she speaks to me. I might have to. <laughs> All righty. I'm good to go. Let me just go and take the other one off, too. Here we go. Hey, we got to get in. We're taking off the earrings. They said it's about to fight now, right? <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, as you can see, here's my beautiful family. Uh, I love my husband and my sons, Eric, Jordan, and Jonathan. I'm so grateful for them and the example that they have become by allowing Jesus to work in their hearts. And look at this. Your story equals God's glory. Man, it doesn't matter what you've been through. I purposely chose this band-aid taped up, pieces torn, because guess what? That might be your story. But if you allow God to do what he wants to do in your life, he can turn your story into his glory. So I'm going to look, uh, if you want to see the next slide, please. And it says, we're going to talk about tonight the power of your testimony in evangelism. And if you know me, you know I love sharing the gospel. I love it. <laughs> because, but the reason that I love it is because of what Jesus has done for me. He turned my whole life around. And I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. And, but I want to 
start off with this. I just got into Every Nation Seminary. Woohoo! I'm so excited about this. I'm going to be going to the Philippines in just about a week or so. And we're heavily into our homework. And I was like, oh my gosh, help me with all this reading that we have to do. But I was challenged in one of the questions. And in this homework, it asked us a question and it said, why do you believe that people do not evangelize? They don't go tell people about Jesus. And I'm reflecting on this. And as much as I love sharing the gospel and seeing people come to saving faith, I also love to see disciples being developed and then they go make disciples and seeing leaders multiplied. But I had to think about the times when I didn't do it. And I asked myself, why didn't I do it? The first question I asked myself, I said, was it because I was afraid? Did I have fear of man? Did I fear that I was gonna be rejected? Then I heard the Holy Spirit say, 2 Timothy 1.7, but I didn't give you a spirit of fear. See, I gave you power, I gave you love, I gave you a sound mind, a mind of discipline, self-control. Then I asked myself the question, did I lack knowledge? And therefore I lost my confidence because I didn't feel like I knew enough. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, but you know, do you know the God test? Do you know how to share those 10 questions for somebody who believes in God? Because we're gonna find out what they believe. Do you understand how to share with an atheist or agnostic to get them to a place where there's not, like Pastor Rice says to us, there's nothing better than a well-placed question. Then I thought about one verse evangelism, uh, Romans 6.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, I might be mixing up, Romans 3.23. But I'm thinking all of these things, do I know this? And there are many tools that we can use. I have a, a, a thing on my wrist right now. It has a heart, a division symbol. It has a cross and a question. And that's a way that you can share the gospel. Some people use Jesus at the door. And you see that Jesus is on the outside, the handles on the inside. You have to let him in. And, you know, there's other tools that you can use, but do you even know what they are? Can you communicate a tool? So I ask myself, am I equipping myself and preparing myself for what God has called us to do? I looked again and I thought about it again and I asked another question. Could I have been so focused on myself, turned inward, that others didn't matter? Jesus said, take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. And I think about that, and I'm wondering, wow, what have I been thinking? What have I been doing with my time? I asked myself another question. Could it be that I was so comfortable, or I've become so lazy, and now I need to be shaken out of my comfort zone? Am I that one where the Lord Jesus, where God is saying, pray to the Lord of harvest that he would thrust out some laborers into his harvest, right? Am I the one that God is like shaking? Get up, girl, get up. <laughs> get out the door, get in my boots. Is that me? Am I that person? Or 
Is my heart breaking for the lost? Am I compassionate? Do I see them? Am I moved with empathy that I want to take their place like Jesus was moved with compassion? It was different from empathy. Empathy, you see the suffering, but compassion, you're compelled to go and swap places with them. You want to do something about that suffering. The next question I asked myself was, was I embarrassed about my story? Hmm. Did I see the purpose in the pain and the shame that I went through? And so I think of these questions and then I think about story after story that may have come across my path and I had opportunities to say one thing that could have made a difference, one thing that could have impacted a life. There was a girl on TSU's campus last semester. She committed suicide in her room. And a lot of the people in my life group came. They were messed up that night. It happened to be life group night, the night, the day that she did it, and they found her. And some people had already come to my house, and I was so moved that when they got there, they said, Mama Diggs, we got to go back out because there's other people on campus that they need a safe place to come. But my question was, could we have gotten her? Could we have said one thing that would have made the difference in our life? That you don't have to do something so drastic that we have a savior who came to do something about what you and I are going through in life. Because I think about the power of the resurrection. Because we always talk about the first part of the gospel And we always talk about the forgiveness of our sins. But that's only part of the gospel. The second part of the gospel is the power of the resurrection that lifts us up out of our sufferings. That has the power to do something about what you and I are going through in life. That helps you in your sufferings, in your pain, in your shame. You might be broken down, busted, disgusted, feeling like nobody cares about me. But yet we have a heavenly father who's absolutely in love with you. He came himself for you, and he swapped places with you and took the punishment that you deserve for what you did wrong and gave you his righteousness as a free gift, something you cannot earn, something you cannot deserve. It's not based on your performance, and it's a free gift. And that's why I just give him glory. I just, I, I just worship him for that because I'm so thankful for that. But am I thankful enough that I got to tell somebody else? So as I look at these two questions, uh, two verses, you can give me the next slide. This was a Holy Spirit-inspired question for me. He said, Erica, do you know what these two verses have in common? Let's think about the first one. Read it with me. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. Did he say all things or some things? All things. Let's look at the next one. And they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. When we talk about that comfort, because you're loving your life, 
But Jesus is calling you to die daily, a daily death where it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Jesus said, it's no longer I that live. I mean, Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. I only go where I see my father go. He was constantly in communion with his father and the Holy Spirit. Their relationship was interconnected. They were in a love relationship with each other, so much in love with each other that they had us, babies. Are you so much in love with him that you're having spiritual babies? <laughs> I love it. I'm thinking about it. Can you put that back up there for me? I'm going to look at this for a minute. And we know he said, and I think about the background of these verses is what really gets me excited. Because when we look at Romans, and this is where Paul, he is doing a phenomenal job laying out the gospel, why we need Jesus, and all the things, right, about salvation. But this Roman church was going through heavy persecution because of the Roman government. And Christians were being persecuted left and right. And out of that persecution, he births this, that all things can work together for the good. See, your sufferings, your persecutions, the good things you go through, the bad things you go through, what you like, how you feel, what you're thinking, it can all work together for his good for those who are called because you've been invited into a relationship with him. That's what it means to be called. And when you love God, that means you esteem him. You are just thankful for him. You worship in him because he invited us into a partnership with him, into communion with him, into fellowship with him. You're a partner and a partaker with him. This is a privilege and an honor. Do you understand the creator of the universe, the miracle working God has invited you to partner with him in a work? You're called for his purpose and his purpose is to go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Not, don't leave one out, every creature. That's why I'm so challenged with this. Because as many people as they say you get saved, I always think about the one I didn't say anything to. I always think about the one that got away. And I don't want that to happen again. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm saying, Lord, because as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. So if this is on your mind, you'll go do it. I'm like, Holy Spirit, help this come alive in me. Make me burn for souls. Let me be so passionate that I'm eating, breathing. Where are they at? Where are they? How are they? Where are they going? You know, I was on the mission field um, last year with Pastor Steele, and we were, on the, we were on this campus, and it was 360,000 students. And if you like evangelism, this is like an evangelism buffet, right? I'm like, come on, I'm eating. I'm like, but I didn't want to waste my time because I'm like, it's too many that we can get. So I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help me to be like a strategic hunter. Show me who's ready, who's hurting, who's bound, who's sick, who's busted, who's disgusted, who's about to give up on life. I want that person. And I had two supernatural experiences while I was out there where the God is like they lit up, they were glowing. And I heard the Holy Spirit say that one and that one and that one. Now, two of them that the Holy Spirit said that one were two girls and they were looking at this occult poster. And 
it was had a concert for the occult, so witchcraft. And they was excited and they were talking about it. And there's a glow over that one. Remember I said, sometimes you're like, am I going to be rejected? You might be. But some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. That is not your job whether they say yes. My job is just to plant the seed. And then the Holy Spirit, he comes and does the regeneration part. So if they ever get saved or if they don't, it's not on me. My job is just to give it and lay it out there. And I did. And I shared the God test. And when I asked the questions from the atheist and the agnostic, and we went through the answers, the girl said, I had God all wrong. She said he was the exact opposite of what I was thinking he was like. And she prayed to give her life to Jesus. To God be all the glory, because he's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to go back to my verse again, these two things. Because we look at the second one, the two things that these verses have in common is the suffering and the persecution. And when you look at it, they defeated him. Who is that? The agent of the evil one, Satan, evil spirits, demonic forces, Right? They were being persecuted by the Romans again, the early church. And he said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by what Jesus did for us on the cross, and the word of their testimony. And when you think about the word testimony, it means to testify, to be a witness. It's your reputation. The reputation of Jesus is what helped them to overcome the works of the devil. Jesus said, for this reason that I was made manifest, that we would loose, dissolve, destroy the works the devil has done. But how will they hear without a preacher? Somebody's got to open their mouth and tell somebody what Jesus has done for us. Somebody's got to do it. And I look at that and I think they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. And we were just talking to the Activate student, students yesterday about a transformed life and how we die daily. And how when COVID hit, I wasn't afraid to die. You know why? Because I understand the gospel. I understand that Jesus is coming back soon. And when he comes back, he's going to give us this new body and the new earth and a new, and a new heaven. We're going to have a glorified body. We're not going to be uh, in fear anymore. We're not going to have depression anymore. We're not going to have stress anymore. Paul was in a strait betwixt two. He said, it's more need for me to stay here, but I long to be there. <laughs> but I got to be here for you. But he wasn't afraid to die. Jesus, we get this revelation, oh, death, where is your sting? But people are afraid and don't want to go through anything for someone else. Okay, I'm going to go to our next slide. This is what God put into me. I wanted to give you a couple of tips in sharing your testimony in evangelism. The first thing, you got to be real. Because people know game. And they know you're not being honest. And there's another thing that happens, vulnerability happens. When you're honest and you share your story, somebody else is willing to open up and share their story. Somebody who may be resistant to the gospel, 
because of what they've been through. They have a wrong thought process about God. They're like mad at him because someone died or they don't know about the evil in the world and they're blaming God, all the things. But when we begin to share what Christ has done for us, it breaks down barriers. You got to be careful that you don't overshare though, right? And because we're not glorifying sin, right? We're not glorifying sin and what God did. We're telling them though what God did, the night and day difference from nothing to something. Translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we love that. Let's go to the next slide. This is all the reason why the Holy Spirit told me to do the slide this way so you can see the connectedness, the interrelatedness, that we have to be relational. I, I love Pastor Dave. I still have a message in my mind from a year ago where you talked about being bumper car Christians coming in and bumping each other, saying bye and running off the road, or would we be a hitch? Well, we're so connected. If you unhook a hitch from a U-Haul car without doing it the proper way, you'll mess up both, both vehicles. Are we so connected to each other? Do we have the type of unity that we need in the faith that we're so connected that if something happens to our relationships, if Satan's coming and bringing division or strife or hatred or malice against my brother, my sister, it would tear me apart and hurt me because we're so connected because of the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit? Are we so thinking about ourselves that we don't care about our brothers and sisters, even if there's a rift in our relationship? We're not fighting for those relationships. And so in this, when we do our testimony and we're building relationships, when you're preaching the gospel, you have to start the conversation. You begin to ask people questions to get to know them what I love about the God test is you ask the questions, but you're not talking. You sh you'll be quiet. I was going to say, you shut up. <laughs> I didn't want to be rude to you guys. But you have to be quiet so that you can learn about who it is you're talking to. And if you don't understand what's going on in their hearts, if you don't see the way the enemy's tricking and deceiving them, you don't know the angle in which the Holy Spirit wants you to share your story. So we call this series a better story, the better story, because Christ's story is better than the tragedy that we went through, right? He has the better story, but you have to know how to angle your story to get to his better story and tell them the difference he can make in their lives, right? Okay, let's go to the next one. Oh, that's what I was saying. The last one was you had to listen, right? You have to listen and hear not only to them, but to the Holy Spirit on the inside. He's speaking to you while you're out there in the field. I tell people all the time, they're like, Mama Diggs, how you cast out devils? How do you flow in the gifts? I say, go on mission. Because if you ever go do what the Holy Spirit told you to do, guess what he's going to do? Lead you, guide you, teach you. Even in the messing up, he's going to say, next time say this, next time say that. But he never gives you power to stay on the couch at home. You shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you to be a bold witness for him. You never receive power to stay selfish. You never receive power when you're in fear and you won't fight through it and do what God is calling you to do. He's called us out into the world. So we want to be specific. What did Jesus actually set you free from? You're going to give details of what God has done in your life. You know, my mom is here, and I 
just thank God for her because some of my story, if you know it, is that I was born early, six weeks early. And I was born early because my dad attacked my mom while she was pregnant with me. And he beat her up. And I was born with my lungs underdeveloped and all kind of things. So our household was full of fear. And my brothers and sisters, we had a lot of generational curses working. We were fighting, fussing, cussing. I'm getting arrested because of anger. And people say, I can't believe you was like that because he so changed me. His love rescued me. And he shed his love in my heart. And I'll never be the same. And I'm so grateful that I don't have to stay locked up in death and darkness. And you know what's really powerful? Because God told me to share my testimony with the youth a couple of weeks ago. And remember I talked about the angles, right? He said, share with them from the angle of the greatest miracle you've ever seen. Because, and let me tell you, the greatest miracle I've ever seen. Now, I've seen people heal the cancer. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen that. But that's not the greatest miracle I've ever seen. The greatest miracle I've ever seen is this woman right here on her knees praying for my daddy. My daddy gets cancer, and God said, you can't pray for him to get healed, but you can pray for him to give his life to me. So on his deathbed, I go to the hospital to visit him, and he couldn't speak because they had just did surgery on his jaw. And the Lord said, read the love verses in 1 Corinthians 13 to him. He was so mean and so angry, blamed the church, hated people. Oh my gosh, he was crazy, you guys. He was one reason I didn't even get in school, uh, to the school of my choice, because he wouldn't sign the paperwork. I had a scholarship on one side, and they just left a tiny bit, and he wouldn't sign it. So I ended up having to go somewhere else. And I asked the students, would you love somebody who caused you not to be able to get into your spot of choice? And here's Jesus saying, a new commitment I give you, that you love one another as I've loved you. And I see the way he loved me was while I was yet a sinner, when I didn't earn it, when I didn't deserve it. And he's telling me to love my daddy just like that. But he's given me his grace and ability to do it. So I read those verses to him. And I did it a couple of times. I asked his permission. He said yes, because his greatest fear was dying alone. Think about that. People just want you to be with them. They don't want to be alone. People's greatest need is community, mentorship, leadership. Help me. Help me. Be with me. Right? And so my daddy, he's... My, one of my last times, I'm bringing my sons up to visit with him. And when his jaw started feeling better, he said, I promise you, I'm going to get this right. He said, call your mom. He had my sister call my mom. She comes up to the hospital, and he asked her to forgive him for everything he did. And then he tells me, he said, now I know why you're different. Because for years, I wouldn't listen to him arguing, fussing. I'd say, I love you, Dad. I'll talk to you later. I said, no, Jesus said, love them. Love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you and persecute you. I said, no, daddy, I love them. I had to help my brothers and sisters. They like calling him low down, dirty, nothing, you know, fill in the blank. <laughs> because that's how he was. He was mean. And he said, now I understand. He said, I feel like I've been in a cage for 50 years. This is after he received the gospel for the first time. 
He felt the love of God. So the greatest miracle I've ever seen is God taking a stony heart and making it into one of flesh. That's my greatest miracle. I told the Lord, Lord, if you don't save my daddy, I'm going to remind you every day in eternity that you couldn't save him. He never let me have that one on him. <laughs> he saved him. But are you compassionate for the lost where well, you will not stop until God does something? You're not going to get off your face until God does something. Because she prayed for him for years and wouldn't let us talk about him like a dog. Okay, the next one, and we're coming to a close here. You have to be hopeful. We're sharing positive changes with people, not the negative stuff. And you want to tell people what you have in Christ now the freedom you have in Christ. He set me free from depression. He set me free from fear. He set me free from anger. This is how, you can share your testimony in two minutes, 30 seconds before Christ, a minute of your salvation story, 30 seconds after Christ, the night and day difference that Christ has made in your life. Two minutes is all it takes. Are you willing to give me two minutes? And here's my last slide for you tonight. It's just to be you got to be real, be specific, be relational, be hopeful, because we serve the God of hope. Hope is an expectation of what God would do for the future. Fear has an expectation of danger and dread in it. But God didn't give us that. He gave us Jesus, the best gift of the whole wide world, with the promise of the Holy Spirit, right? And so now we have, we have the nine gifts of the Spirit we have that we can operate in so we don't have to be helpless victims. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He calls us. He said, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't have a little bit of victory. The Bible says we gain a surpassing victory. It's surpassing. Surpassing. Do you really believe that? And are you excited about the better story? Are you so excited that you're willing to go and give it away to somebody else? So the reason our testimony is so important because it breaks down barriers. And woe unto you when you don't want to give it away. The best thing that ever happened to us, God coming and swapping places with us, taking the punishment we deserve for what we did wrong, giving us a free gift of righteousness. We can't earn, we can't deserve, but we have it freely in Christ Jesus. And he put this in my heart, and it's almost like I feel myself, it's like I'm pleading with people. Come on, get your heart to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you did and how you messed up. You got to come back home. If you've been out there a long time struggling, you got to come back home. The prodigal son, his daddy didn't care what he was out there doing and how he wasted his money on riotous living. He was just happy to see him. He said, my son that was dead, now he's alive. I'm challenging you to share your testimony with at least two people before this week is out. And I'm challenging you that if you have been struggling and you know you're not where you need to be, because my heart, I love people so much. Whew. I want to see the power of the resurrection that lifts you up out of your sufferings. 
you don't have to go home like you are. Jesus is not mad at you because of what you've been through. He paid a price for you. His own life, his own body, his own blood, he was beaten for you. If he would have did it, if you were the only person on this earth, Jesus would have did the same thing only for you because he loves you that much. And I hear a cry in my heart saying, tell him, come back to my love. I love him. I'm with him, even in trouble. He said, even if you make your bed in hell because you didn't choose him, I'm still going to be there with you. What kind of love is that? What kind of God is that? My God, I love him so much, Father. Just, I don't know, baby, Pastor Dave, you're supposed to come out of somebody. I don't know. Oh my God, Lord Jesus. He's amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's just stand and worship the Lord for the yeah. beauty of his story. Can you worship him? Can you worship him for that Thank great you, word? Lord. Worship Hallelujah. him, those of you who know and love him. Give him praise for what he has done for us in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Can you tap into anew and again how good that story is yeah. for you? How real it is for you, what he's done for you, yeah. how he's changed you deeply in who you are? Yeah. Just bow your head for a moment, close your eyes, and if you would just say, Pastor Dave, Erica, I want a renewed passion for sharing the better story, the story of Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift both hands up to heaven? Let me just pray for us on that front. Lord, all of us, would you see us with our hands raised? We want a renewed passion for sharing the better story, which is yours. And preacher tonight shared from your word, and she's told us a specific challenge, but we need your help in it. Uh, we're not empowered to stay on the couch, she said. We're not empowered to stay selfish, but you will empower us when we go on mission. You will empower us when we go as your witnesses. So we ask you right now to put in our minds and hearts people with whom we might tell our story. That, uh, that waiter or waitress we've seen now 72 times. They know our name. We know their name. We may have even shared things so much that we have each other's numbers and texted. Who knows? Would you help us to share our story, not just share little snippets? That neighbor that we've talked to several times, that we've had conversations with, help us to share our story. The co-worker, the family member, maybe the family member in a difficult situation right now who needs to hear our story. Would you put that person in our mind? We commit to you, Lord, as you put the people into our mind, we will share the better story, not just ours but how your story changed our story. Would you help us do that? Renew our passion for the lost and help us to share the story you've given us. I'll just stay in an attitude of prayer. If you'd say, Pastor Dave, Erica, thank you for the word. I need to come home. I need to come home. When you started saying that that was me, would you just look up at me and keep your head bowed and eyes closed if that's not you? Just look up and lock eyes with me. Say, you know, I'm not right. I need to come home. If you're looking at me, I think that's you. You? Yeah? Someone else? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? All right. I see you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. We'll have pastors and ministry team here to pray with you. If you would like after, they'll be available. But why don't you just in your own heart and mind, before I pray for you, just tell them, Lord, I need to come home. 
Thank you for sending a messenger of love. Thank you for letting me know that you're not angry at me. You just want to save me. I haven't lived always your way. I need to return. I'm not worthy of being called your daughter, your son, but would you make me one? Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. I want to serve you. Moving forward, I want you to be my master. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Cleanse me and make me yours. Seal me and seal my heart for heaven. Tell him you receive the gift of his forgiveness and his mercy. Ask him to give you faith to believe it. And give him thanks. Lord, I pray for each of those who just prayed in that way, who looked up at me, and I'm just really trying to stand in your stead so that they would have somebody looking at them with flesh on. But I really want them to see your eyes. Your eyes seeing them. Help them in, the, in, in their heart of hearts to feel that right now. The God who sees, the God who loves, the God who forgives and redeems. And would you bring them back from that far place they've been tempted to live in to the home that they've always belonged in, the home of your love. And Lord, I pray that you would give them that same kind of all-transforming love that Erica spoke about so beautifully and winsomely tonight. Change them from the inside out. And may those around them see a difference and say, what has happened to you? What changed? And give them a chance then, right away, even tonight, even tomorrow morning, even the next day, to tell the story of how they heard the message of your love heard they were supposed to come home, heard the cry from youth, and, and they came home, and that's why they're different. Would you help us each to do that? Lord, we worship you and we praise you tonight as we come to the close of this service. And we ask that you, that you and you alone, would so fill us with a deep sense of your grace and mercy and love that we'd be compelled to tell others about the best thing that ever happened to us in our lives. In Jesus' name. Oh, and Lord, I just want to ask for one more thing. She mentioned the seminary. All of these students coming from all over the world. We have, I don't remember, was it 36 different nations gathering with students from all over in Manila. Would you protect their way? Some of them still trying to find that last hurdle, a way over that last obstacle to get there from difficult countries to travel out of and into. Would you provide for them financially? Would you provide for them spiritually? Would you provide for them relationally and even legally? Get them there. And Lord, we pray that you would equip many, many leaders just like Erica to proclaim your truth. Would you equip them and help us to better reach every nation in the world in this generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.